I'm CJ. And this is Harry Potter Movie Minutes. The podcast where two friends break down the movies of the wizarding world in excruciating detail and obnoxious commentary. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Hello, hi, hello, hi, what's up? Hi, darling. Uh, not much, we have a guest this week. We have a guest, we're not alone. We're not alone. We have a fellow uh, Movies by Minutes podcaster who's a lot more ambitious than us and actually can do one minute at a time. Welcome, Brian Boucher. How are you? I'm good. I got my wand. I'm ready to be trained. Hopefully somebody can show me how to use this thing. Absolutely. <laughs> well, so with that, what is your Harry Potter experience? Are you a book reader or just a movie watcher? What is your level of awareness? No, I'm not a book reader. Um, I read a book, I get halfway through the first page, I fall asleep, no matter what book it is, you know, uh, you know, but I, I have watched, I know I've watched the first three movies, Okay. Um, I believe, I'm possibly the fourth one, I get them all confused, you know, I, re- I watched this one uh, a couple days ago, mm-hmm. and I, yes, I had watched this one before, so okay. But I'm not sure about the last couple. So, uh, yeah, I've watched them. I was really into them at first. But then after a while, yeah, I just kind of lost interest. But well, that's, that's what we're here they're, for. We'll they're still the pretty cool. They're still pretty cool. I, I, yeah. I mean, the magic stuff has always intrigued me. So, yeah. Yeah, this is going to be a really interesting perspective. You're our first podcast guest that is not a, as big of a Harry Potter nerd as we are. I think that all of our <laughs> previous guests have been like hardcore book lovers who uh, tolerate the films in the way that we do. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, I, I, if I was on for the first three, probably would have been a different story because I, I know those movies uh-huh. really well, you know, so yeah. Okay. Well, we got you for this one. Don't worry. We'll fill in the blanks for you. All right, so that said, let's get into episode seven. Let's do it. Let's go. All right. So this this chunk opens. We actually just, um, I said we cheekily evaded Filch after a DA meeting. Um, we kind of went out the side. That's where we left the last chunk. But did we talk about this last time? Did you notice that they're using the map? Yes, and actually a little bit later in uh, this chunk, you see Nigel holding it again. Mr. Nigel, who's a co- uh, combination no of... Uh, the Creevy brothers. Uh, he's standing behind. Well, I'll point it out when we get there. Okay. So as a result of the end of this meeting, basically, we see Filch defiantly posting yet another educational decree, number 82, that all students <laughs> will submit to questioning about suspe- suspected illicit activities. I said two <laughs> questions right off the bat. <laughs> number one, did this happen in the book? I want to say no. No. This didn't happen. This wasn't a thing. She no, questions. we've already burned through all of the educational decrees that were in the book and we're just adding weird shit now we're just adding shit for the movie to progress basically and like let us know yes, where we are she, in the movie she did question people in the book that's not wrong uh but it wasn't an educational decree no it was later and it was when dumbledore leaves and she's trying to find out where dumbledore is that's when she first gives harry anyway she interrogates him and gives him the potion Huh. And that's much later. That's why I was just confused. I was like, did this that happen? That is much I don't later. Know. There is... Oh, I think that you're right. I was thinking that that's how she found out about the room of requirement, but I, I, think, I, I think I'm think i wrong. I don't think that she questioned students until after 
You're right. I think it's after Dumbledore leaves. Yeah. So this is just a movie thing that just happened that doesn't really, and I guess it has bearing kind of because they're trying to, it's their way in this movie of going, and then she finds out about Dumbledore's army. I'm like, mm, this isn't how, okay, it's fine. Again, movie, we're just keeping moving along. My second question about this moment, can students read these? <laughs> that, that was my question. They're I'm so like, high. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm like, can't you uh, make a, you know, do they not know how to make a list? <laughs> like like nor like normal people. I mean, they're wizards and you know whatever. But yeah, that's crazy. Like, how are they going to read all that stuff? All, all well, them. And then the and, font and then, size went like, down. Did you see that? Yeah. It says, and, and students are one of their activities. I'm like, I'm yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. And neither and none of them are like you know. It's like you just put them up in random places. There's like no kind of like you know <laughs> symmetry or anything to how they're hook you know put on the wall. Yeah, he's still yeah. at his job. He sucks. <laughs> I hate Filch. We have we don't have a lot of love for this character. You'll you'll find that shortly. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. So, uh, so next, basically, like we said, this is to prompt that we see Umbridge calling students up to her office to be interrogated. I said, and drugged. It's kind of a weird choice <laughs> when she says, oh, "Yeah, need to drink." I'm, I'm like, the I mean, the moment before that, her um, her come on up or or up you come. Excuse me, I think she says uh, that just again her saccharine timbre is just so like oh it's so creepy that she says that and then like you said nothing to see here just drugging teenagers without their parents consent <laughs> not a big deal yeah no it's cool yeah but again that's how we're supposed to understand that ah that's how she found out about dumbledore's army it's like no that's not okay so now we cut back we're going to cut back and forth to da lessons i'm just going to call them da lessons for, all right it's dumbledore army lessons right that phrase yeah. works okay so we're going to cut back to a da lesson Again, we love a voiceover transition. Corey and I talk about that that a, that a lot. That they like start to voice over into the next scene before you're actually seeing it. Um, yeah, that, that happens a lot in my in my movie. Okay, a lot too. So it's a, gotcha. it's, a, it's an odd it's an odd transition trick that I don't know if I necessarily like because you just hear a disembodied voice and then the scene happens. <laughs> like, yeah, we could just get there. Okay, um, so we're in the DA lesson with Harry showing Neville a disarming charm which is the Expelliarmus. That's to disarm another wizard or just take their wand. But we talked about in this movie, it kind of seems like it's already inconsistent with what these spells do. <laughs> sometimes yeah. they knock you on your ass. Sometimes it just takes a wand. <laughs> yeah, I, I was wondering about that too, about the way they, it, it seemed like they had like maybe three different spells, but they do all sorts of things. Correct. And they're kind of <laughs> all over the place. Whereas you kind of understand in the book, they do like one thing at a time. They're practicing a uh -huh. disarming spell. And then the next lesson, they're practicing this. And then the, this movie kind of just went, nah, just do them all at once. <laughs> Don't worry <laughs> about it. Yeah, like we said, we're kind of doing a few different things. At one point, Cho is just levitating Nigel. We've called him Nigel Creepy. We've combined him. There were the characters, I think you remember from the second movie, there's that little boy that like is in love with Harry and keeps taking pictures of him. Oh, yeah, okay. He's Colin Creepy. And then in, book, in movie four, they introduced a character called Nigel, which is some little punk ass kid that like follows him around. And they kind of got rid of Colin. So we just call him okay. Nigel Creepy. He's just and okay. Colin's brother. Colin has a younger brother named Dennis uh, that just never appears in the film. They just decide to uh, delete him right. entirely. So it's just this kid and he's being levitated. Sure. <laughs> and now Cho is making eyes at Harry and Nigel falls in kind of a pratfall. Har har. I'm okay. I'm fine. I, and it was cute. It's fine. I'm just like, yeah. I, I, don't. I don't know why it bothers me so much, but I really don't like that they use Levicorpus in this film because he doesn't, he learns that from the 
prince. He learns that from the half blood prince. That's right. And they even talk about how it's something that they know, but whatever. And something they talk about in the books is how spells are in vogue at different times. Yes. So they didn't even, yeah, they didn't even know the spell because they said it was popular when their parents were at school. Yep. So it, it is weird for them to just, again, this movie just felt like, let's just throw in some spells that we know from other books and other movies. Don't worry about it. Just, just put them in. Nobody will know the difference. <laughs> like, yeah. Put it in. Keep it in. It's fine. Yeah. It's like, we're watching. We know. So yeah. And so basically we're just getting from that scene that Cho and Harry are making eyes at each other. Great. And so now this next bit has always just been my least favorite of like almost... All of the movies, this is like my least favorite little bit here. And it's just that the twins leave a box of chocolates for Filch outside of his little perch lookout thing where he's trying to get figure out how to get into the DA's uh, room of requirement practice room. And they left chocolates for him that he just eats, no question, um, number one. Number two, I don't think I ever realized that they say I love you on them. <laughs> I've yeah, never looked- little Valentines. Yeah. I've never looked yeah. that close at them before. I didn't know that they said, I love you. I'm like, okay, why is he not suspicious of this? <laughs> like, well, Yeah, especially well, since we find out it's almost Christmas, not Valentine's. True. Yeah. yeah. So why would even you... clock that? You're right. <laughs> I win. I win the podcast. <laughs> it's over. We're going to hang up now. <laughs> no. No, and then wait, and Corey, did you spot, did it, maybe I missed this. Did it say something on the card out front? Did it say to Filch from Umbridge or something? Uh, I don't think it says from anyone. I think it just says to Filch. Right. So yeah. I just blindly eat. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I almost refuse to believe that a man as jaded and bitter as Filch <laughs> is would believe that someone was like sweet on him in this way. Look, yeah. I am nowhere near his age. Thank you. And I'm already suspicious as fuck whenever someone shows like the slightest bit of interest in me. Like, <laughs> no, no, this isn't happening. Uh-uh. Right. No, you're going to take a step back. I'm not eating your candy. Right. Yeah. right. But that's not the part that bothers me. I mean, it does, the logic of it. The next part where he shows Umbridge that he's got these like boils or whatever you want to call them, pustules on his face. <laughs> I know exactly what you're about to say. And, and I completely agree with it. And it makes me uncomfortable. The camera. Yeah, that's pretty gross. I never need to see ever a boil or pimple or anything like that or any bodily fluid explode onto a camera lens. I don't, I don't ever need that. Yeah, it takes you out of the movie. It does, because also I'm like, oh, I'm watching a movie and it's being filmed yeah. and this gross ass man is exploding. Uh, uh, into it. I mean, the only time it's cool is if it's like in 3D. You know, so it has something oh, to come that. at you. No. But that's even, but that's even worse. I mean. <laughs> It's still really fucking gross. But yeah. But yeah. But that would be the only time it would be acceptable. Or a horror movie, which I did not right, think yeah. we were in. So No, I'm pretty sure it's a fantasy movie, right? Yeah. 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 No, I hate it so much. Anyway, so now we cut back, we get more DA lessons, um, with now a voiceover of Umbridge. I said creating an inquisitorial squad and then even has a pinning ceremony, which I think I've I've again blocked that scene out of my memory and remember it she's going to different students and putting including filch and slapping a badge on. yeah okay so I've, i have a couple of comments for Please. first of all the da lessons when we're stunning like again we're really not gonna put anything down like we're just gonna throw people across the room no pillows no pat okay whatever it's hogwarts it's a sink or swim kind of place sure. the other issue that i have here is the use of diminuendo. I'm sorry, hands off my music terminology. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I feel like that is a spell they use in the book, but you're so No, right. 
Nope. Oh, they sure don't? Ain't. Mm-mm. Diminuendo, that's right. So Corey and I met in music theory. So yeah, we are both nerds okay. that would know. All right. That's not, that means to be quiet. <laughs> like, that but doesn't mean to get small. To go back to the pinning ceremony that you were talking about, there were pins. That was very much a thing in the oh. book. Uh, they had little silver eyes on them. Uh, Filch did not have one. And my question there is, seriously, who did David Bradley blackmail? <sighs> This is something we like, are going to have to like do a deep dive into. Like, why was Filch such a main, like, literally an entirely movies? superfluous character? They could have cut him out of the films entirely, and no one would have noticed. It would have affected nothing. Right. Yeah. He, I, to me, he, re- he reminds me of the school janitor. You know, if he wasn't there, yeah, nobody would care. No. You know. And not to mention this character too. I think it's just always supposed to be used for comic relief. But I'm not laughing. Yeah. No, I'm not laughing. <laughs> Especially not when he's funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now then back to another DA lesson that feels oh, I wrote chaotic. Sorry, I couldn't look <laughs> quick chody. It feels chaotic. Everybody's just kind of doing something different. And Harry's giving like a motivational speech over all of it, which I didn't hate this little speech. That was kind of like, kind of like him becoming a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Did you right. spot our favorite character? I did not. Slightly creepy boy is there. <laughs> That's right. There is a boy that is credited as slightly creepy boy. It doesn't have a name, but slightly creepy boy <laughs> is part of this DA group. The kid with the like lank black hair. It's kind of longer. Okay. Yeah. And again, doesn't have a name. Doesn't really have a purpose. But he's like front and center. <laughs> he's there a lot. Um, but it. Uh, speaking of that voiceover, uh, Harry's little speech here. I do love that line. And it's a great life motto that every great wizard has started out as nothing more than we are now, students. Uh, and I remember that resonating with me. If, you know, speaking of music school, uh, one of those late night horrifying practice sessions where it's 3 a.m. and you have to play something the next morning at 8 and you just can't get it. And it's just like, oh, right. Even the most famous musician in the world, the greatest virtuoso uh, started out uh, sucking in the way that I do now. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad it got you through those times. That's yeah, it did. It was really, it was, it was very special. Uh, and the next scene we see Luna kind of skipping down the hallway and we see a few members of the squad, Malfoy, Crab, Goyle, and Filch. Am I right? It's like the, yes. the bully trio yeah. and Filch. Yeah. They're creeping on Luna and trying to follow her into the room of requirement as the door is rapidly shrinking. That's, yes. That's not my problem. My problem is not them chasing her. Like that sounds about right for what we're getting from this movie is it's trying to, yeah. they're trying to break up whatever this club is. My problem is what, Corey? Oh, I don't know what you're going to say. I was going to say, I know I complained last week about the like, I almost gotcha, Chase. Uh, but I actually am kind of here for like this level of the room of requirement fighting back. <laughs> oh, see, I took it as, I don't think the room of requirement does that. Just becomes a different room. Yeah, it's also not supposed to be able to be something else while people are inside of it. Okay. But (laughs) that was my problem. Also becomes a broom closet. I'm like, funny. (laughs) Funny, yes. But weird. Right. (laughs) And what's even weirder about it is they do talk about one time the twins said that they were trying to hide from Filch or something, and it became a broom closet. Yeah. Okay, so it can just be a throwback to that moment. But it can't just become a broom closet at will. I'm like, this feels dumb. <laughs> this feels like a- No, like it needs to be, it's kind of defying its own logic there because the room of requirement needs to be needed. Like 
Crab, Goyle, Malfoy, and Filch did not need a broom cupboard. But we I did mean, for comic relief. Right. I mean, if anything, the people inside the room needed safety, and so it was a diversion, a decoy. Okay. But they didn't know that they needed that in that moment, so how could they have asked for it? That's what I'm saying. Again, it was just like a, for comedic relief, isn't that funny? And now yeah. they crash, and there's a mouse in front of his face. I'm like, I, I, yeah. don't, I don't need this. Yeah, the room became sentient. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and defensive. Yeah. So. But it was funny. I, I thought it was great. But it's like, it wasn't like you to get in that room, you have to have the need to get to be in that room. It's like, so yeah, these guys didn't need to be there, mm -hmm. you know, so to have, they would never be able to get in that room. Right. That's okay. the joke of it. So like them yeah. constantly trying to crash and I don't know. It's just silly. So back to the DA lesson where we now understand it's Christmas because we have a tree in the corner. Um, and we also see Ginny blast that weird moving dummy into Ash. Oh my God. Thank God Bonnie got rid of that stupid crash test dummy for us. <laughs> but also, did you notice like how upset Ron looked at being shown up by his little sister? Like it shows her after she does it and the twins are looking at her like, what the fuck? Yeah. But then you pan over to Ron and he's just so upset. <laughs> I like it because it does show Ginny having any sort of character, personality, trait. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I mean, her she's a badass witch. She's a powerful woman. And, and we don't really get to see a lot of that. She kind of played damsel in distress for one movie. And then we're like, right, go away now. Yeah. Now she's back. And by the way, she's good. But I do. Sorry. That's the other note that I have here. Please. I like the idea that either the students put up a tree or the room of requirement put one there for them. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's Christmas time. You get a tree now. <laughs> they left out the best bit with Dobby decorating the tree with oh yes ornaments that have Harry's face on them. Yes. But then again, we'd have to have Dobby as a character. So again, the movies do so much like injustice to characters that we love reading the books so that you just you're not going to get because there's just not enough time. We get it. We still bitch about it. That's the point of the podcast. Anyway. Hey. Uh, so. Okay, so basically, yeah, it's the last lesson before the holidays, and the group gathers around us. A really quick question: Did this group get bigger? It did, right? Yeah, it does in the books too, but not by a lot. But it definitely does get bigger. Okay, it does evolve because I'm looking at some of these kids too, including slightly creepy boy, and I'm like, oh, there's like a lot He's of kids there. Yes, he, he is there in that chunk, um, and we're all rallying too because Neville's finally disarmed one of the Patil twins. Um, Yay! <laughs> again, Corey loves it because. They're just the Patil twins. They don't have names. They're a monolith. They don't, <laughs> like, <laughs> they don't exist without one another. Right, right. And there's no way for us to know which one is which unless we're very familiar with the actresses. And I guess maybe I should be a better person and be familiar with the actresses. But it's not even about the actresses. They're supposed to be in different houses. They're supposed to be wearing different uniforms. That's how we'd be yeah. able to differentiate. We can't in the uh -huh. movies because they're just deciding that they're both in Gryffindor. Like. Okay. Wait, are they actually twins in real life? Let me look. No. Hold on. Anyway, so the group is all gathered up, and Harry is letting them know that they're not going to get together again until after the holidays, and everybody starts to file out, except for the Weasley twins, who try to basically, I just like cock block Harry. I mean, they're trying to, <laughs> <laughs> right. they're trying to sell him on, hey, there's some new products we could try to give Umbridge that would make her sick, feverish, whatever. But he's like, oh, no, yeah, great. Trying to get at Cho. Could y'all <laughs> get so, out? 
well, even like right before that, as everyone else is filing out, Ginny has this moment where she stops and looks back and Ooh. realizes that Harry's about to be alone with Cho. And it's like, oh, little Ginny is jelly, even though mm. we know she doesn't care about him at this point in the books. Um, because she's but this dating, whole movie is not telling she's us She's dating slightly creepy boy. Isn't she dating Michael Corner at that point? I believe so. Or is she dating Dean? She might be dating Dean by then. No. Dean is later. You're right. I think Dean is book six. Dean is six. Because that's when they break up. Takes, yeah, 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 yeah. Got it, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> this got is it, the level it. of nerdery, Brian. Welcome. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. In six, they break up. So, <laughs> anyway. But yeah, the boys being like, they're pitching, quote unquote, well, I guess they never say that they're new stuff, but, or do they? Do they say they've got I new I don't think things? it's new. No, I think they're they... repeating what we've already seen earlier in the movie. Like, oh, that's so, stuff like, that we have. Great. Uh, this product that we've been selling to people, um, Causes massive pus-filled boils that are impossible to get rid of. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good. Thanks, guys. Now, is it supposed to be like we already tested this on Filch? This is stuff that's in their skiving snack boxes. Yeah, but why are we... And that's just it. That's why okay. this feels like such a weird moment. Like, we already know about this. We've already, yeah. we've already seen and, it. Yeah, and now they're going to try it on Umbridge. Yeah. yeah. And, and she's like, do they think she's not smart enough to figure it out? This is gonna slip it to her or something, but I'm like, still. Yeah, as she's drugging them at the same time. <laughs> That's <laughs> fair, honestly. Go for honestly. it, guys. I I've just changed my mind. You're right. Go for it. I don't care. Give <laughs> yeah. her some massive pus-filled boils. Harry yeah. Potter in the year of drugging. <laughs> okay, so now Harry does approach Cho, who's looking at. I kind of found this weird too. This mirror that they have that has clippings around it. Why? So. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like it. It gives a like a this is why we're doing this vibe because there are like newspaper articles, like some of the shitty stuff slandering Dumbledore and, and Harry and this picture of Cedric. And there's the picture of the uh, first original order of the Phoenix. But why a mirror? Why not there like are a mirrors board? everywhere. The entire room is mirrors. <laughs> that is yeah. true. We talked yeah, about there's this. Lot, there's lots of glass. Lots of glass. You see a chandelier too at one point. Yeah. I'm like, this feels unsafe. <laughs> like we're practicing all this all these you know stunning spells and stuff like and then let's have yeah. yeah like Corey said like we got grates we got stone floors and we have mirrors everywhere like yeah this doesn't feel safe in the books brian they'd have um cushions that when they stun each other they can fall back on that's that what the room sense. provides the room of requirement provides them with what they need in this movie like nah fuck it it's just like a, <laughs> it's a space like <laughs> oh do good or you'll have a broken nose it's right you're good. Hope it doesn't hurt. Bye. Good luck. Yeah. Um. So they have kind of a quick combo in front of the clippings and a uh, picture of Cedric, where Cho wonders if Cedric had known all this, would he kind of basically like would he have survived? And Harry has to explain. I just wrote, duh. Um. He did know it. However, Voldemort's Voldemort. Like he was gonna kill this kid regardless. Um. I so dislike that line because Voldemort Voldemort didn't kill him. What? Wormtail killed him. Oh shit! Yeah. Wait, really? <laughs> I yeah. Thought, oh, he tells. It, oh, that's right. He says, "Kill the spare." That's right. And he's like, he's, baby he doesn't creature. have a body yet. He can't yeah, use right. a wand. He's the creepy. But oh, we're not going back to that. We're not talking um, about the creepy baby but dummy. But on the subject of Cho, does she have to whisper everything? Like, is it in her contract? She never speaks at full volume in all of these movies. Right. I, I had to turn it up. You had to input on the subtitles to see what the hell. Exactly. She's yeah. And she has an accent. She, 
So that makes it even harder. So at this moment, they look up as mistletoe is forming, and Harry offers that it could be filled with nargles, and they make out. (laughs) However, I don't think I've ever questioned this. Who created the mistletoe? Okay. I was going to say I like the idea that mistletoe is this sentient little matchmaker that's just like, (laughs) these two like each other. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. It One makes a theory. lot more sense than the way that we use mistletoe because that's real creepy when you just like walk into a room and everybody's like, oh, you're under the mistletoe. And it's like, no, I'm not kissing that person. So, <laughs> right. mate. Yeah. I don't know that either one is great. I think that's Maybe. weird. Yeah. I There's just a... like, what, the, what, what are Nargles? I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> just kiss me, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Let's make out. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, no, no, wasn't um, no. What's the relationship with Cho and Cedric? Were they they were dating. together? They were dating at the time when he was it, killed. Yeah, it, it, it's been killed. a it's been a minute since I've watched that. Yeah, one. hey, that's fair. And that's kind of then bleeds into book five is that they're going to try to get together Harry and Cho, but it's kind of awkward because she was with Cedric and he was the last person with Cedric when he died. So it's right. Like, yeah. Okay. Makes sense. So that's so. Next, we go to the common room. Uh, with the trio. Okay, wait though. We have to talk about this kiss. We're not gonna fly past. I that, would are love we? to glaze right on past it, but okay. What are your thoughts? Because <laughs> I I find it upsetting. Go ahead. I find it upsetting, but it's also like it does genuinely look like two people who've never kissed. So <laughs> like, yeah, it is a very awkward and uncomfortable looking makeout session. I'm like, yeah, okay, that, that probably is what it looks like when 15 year olds kiss each other. I I, it's been a minute since I've been 15, but. <laughs> it's authentic, I'll give you that, but it is uncomfortable. It's like, I don't wanna watch these children kiss. <laughs> yeah, no. We're next, we're in the common room with the trio um, with Harry, Hermione and Ron discussing Harry's first makeout session, basically. Um, I, I think the scene is cute and I think it I don't know I think it helps to explain like why no actually no I don't like the scene because Harry (laughs) (laughs) like talk myself down I don't like this because he says you know how was the how was it and Harry goes wet I mean she Ah. was crying Ah. (laughs) I hate that reply wet (gasps) stop it and then oh she was crying like no the fuck she wasn't and if she was could we have seen that? That would have been cool. Throw some tears on this scene. And then that would have like made us go, wait, what? And then the scene would be important that they're talking about it next. Instead of just telling us later that, yeah, yeah, she's crying. I'm like, why do, why do I need this then? Why do I need this as a scene to explain the complexity of what Cho's feeling when it doesn't really play into the rest of the movie at all either? The only reason I like this scene is because it is a light moment with the three of them like joking yes. and not discussing impending doom. Yes. It's like, oh, okay, they're teenagers for a second. That's what I was going to say. That's the only reason I kind of like it is it's because later we're going to get a flashback to this scene of just like kind of the laughter and the lightheartedness of their relationship. Yeah, I'll give you that. One thing I never saw in this chunk too. Do you see behind Harry? There's ornaments on the tree and one's a golden skull. I did not see that. I wow. I didn't see that either. I clocked it so many times. So I'm like, I'm sorry, is that a glittery gold skull? I'm like, no, that's a, no, that's literally what it is. I'll have to do a blow up screen grab of that on our Instagram. But I, I was like, that is, that's a, that's a decoration choice. And I'm actually here for it. So, you know, they try to figure out about the kiss, but then it turns, they, they turn it back on Ron showing how kind of dumb he is. I think that's funny. Yeah. Ron ends I mean, up being a punching bag often. Yeah. 
yeah. Hermione's zinger there is great, and that is right out of the book. The, yeah. Just because you have the emotional range of a teaspoon, <laughs> yeah. that's good shit. That is good shit. Yeah, and he All agrees right. with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably right. There, they, it's a fun friend moment, which yeah, yeah is rare in this book. This book is so emo, so or this movie is so emo filled and dramatic. So it is nice. Um, speaking of that, we get Harry nightmare scene yet again. Um, we have Harry kind of thrashing back and forth, and then we see his dream. Okay, I'll just say it, and then we can talk about it. <laughs> with, with a snake slithering down a hallway, and eventually finding Arthur Weasley. I think in the Department of Mysteries already, he's amongst the prophecies, and he gets attacked there by the snake. And then Harry wakes up. How did we feel about this? <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to I'm be Harry. Be long-winded, so <laughs> okay, because it's supposed to be in the book. Harry is the snake. He's inside the snake, and that never gets said in this movie. Like they don't actually explain that. So how would you as a viewer know that if you're just seeing a snake in a dream? That's that's what you're thinking is you're just seeing. But then you're seeing I mean, the POV of the snake. You do see the POV when he's attacking him and like lashing at him multiple times. But again, you wouldn't necessarily know that. And in Dumbledore's office, he's supposed to be afraid to say it in front of the Weasleys because mm -hmm. he's afraid of freaking them out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just don't think I don't the know, dream but... went far enough. Um. I disagree. Okay, explain. Well, first of all, I mean, we have his neck thrashing about just waiting for Robert Pattinson to come back and give us that sweet, sweet Twilight, Twilight uh, mashup. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so and much. Okay. Honestly, I think I'm for this dream because at least there are no ha! cameos from Rafe <laughs> to like true. make me cringe. Um, I think I have a bigger issue with the fact that Arthur is inside the Hall of Prophecies. Yeah. Because he, he's not supposed to be there. Yeah, why is he there? Yeah. And it's kind of weird because they don't even explain that, like how they're going to explain that away, that he just happens to be in a department that he has nothing to do with in the ministry at midnight. Yeah. Yep, no questions. Don't worry about it. No questions, no explanations. That is the theme <laughs> of this movie Absolutely. series. Yeah. The thing, that, the thing that got me, I was, I was too distracted by the, I mean, I was, I was watching it and it has the, the voiceover, you know, and it's, and it's just something about, yes. he, 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 he has something that he doesn't know or something He's like that. He's after something he didn't have He's, before. Right. And, and I'm like, well, what the hell are they talking about? I don't, I don't get it. You know? And then, uh, then you see the snake slashing, you know, lashing out at, him, you know, so I, I was really confused at the time so if you're not picking up well, on that it's supposed to be a repeated line from the beginning but like the way beginning when they're first at Grimmauld place they say like he's after something but it just feels weird to like reiterate that point at this moment because that's what they're trying to say they're trying to do like a flashback to something that's already been said in the movie but why would it be repeating over harry's dream <laughs> like yeah that's why i was confused it's an odd placement it. for it for sure anyway so dream happens <laughs> I, don't want, yeah. I don't want to talk about this dream anymore. Um, so we have Minerva and Ron escorting now a very sweaty Harry Potter down the hallway to Dumbledore's office. And um, actually the twins and Ginny have gathered there as well. Dumbledore's facing away from Harry and asks him like the details of his dream. Were you above it or were you, what was his other question? Were you above the snake? Were you standing uh, how does next he put it it's like were you looking down on the scene or were you like an observer yeah 
so basically he's asking like where Harry was in the dream and I said and Harry explains and then I crossed out I go oh nothing he explains nothing I thought <laughs> I had remembered it differently that I thought he did say in this moment like I was the snake but I'm like of course that is right and that's accurate to the book he didn't want to say it in front of people I was actually the snake right he's kind of creeped out about it yeah and he knew that it really happened so again, nothing's really explained. Harry's not really explaining how he had the dream or where he was in the dream, but Dumbledore starts to raise the alarm to the portraits, including Everard, who's at the ministry, who he tells to go like raise the alarm and get um, Arthur out of there. And then he tells Phineas to go to his portrait at Grimmauld Place, where he'll be sending the children shortly by portkey. Which is a huge foot in the mouth to us because we said at one point that we never see Phineas. This is Phineas Nigellus Black. This is Sirius Black's great-great-grandfather in that portrait that Dumbledore is talking to. And in an earlier episode, we were like, we never get to see him in the series. I'm pretty sure this is the only time we do get to see him for that, like, two seconds. True. Uh, Everard, Everard from the Ministry tells Dumbledore that they retrieved Arthur. And once more, the Dark Lord failed to acquire it. I'm like, nah, I don't want this. <laughs> like, I just, I, I don't think that was a priority at that moment. He was more worried about Arthur at that moment, but okay. But Dumbledore is relieved. And then at this moment, Harry finally snaps at Dumbledore to look at him and then asks in like this really kind of heartbreaking tone. He says, what's happening to me? That one kind of got me, that delivery. It's no, I agree. It's really beautiful and very sad. And you feel his frustration and his fear in that moment. I, I think it's a, a well-acted scene by Daniel. Yeah. Is this the first time that he's, that Harry has actually yelled at Dumbledore at all? yeah probably probably yeah because he when he turns around he looks super shocked that he yelled at him to get his attention you know mm -hmm. you know that i mean it's kind of like the whole theme of this movie is going against authority you know of sorts you know and this kind of is like the first like actual way of going against you know yelling at authority or trying to get their attention to do something mm -hmm. yeah well, that's right it's very much in the year of defiance defiance against yeah. the school defiance against umbridge defiance against dumbledore yeah it's just more heartbreaking to me because he's finally snapped he's finally at his breaking point of yeah. like what the fuck is going on but it was at this moment now we have snape walking in and i love how snape gets to walk in at all the most awkward moments he's like you wanted me <laughs> yeah uh, but, i love alan rickman he's cool Oh, he's a great actor bless him. him r.i.p no yes. kidding but also why is he fully dressed <laughs> i wonder that too i was like huh everybody else is in their sleeping clothes like what 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 are you up to snape he's already yeah, a vampire I, he doesn't sleep yeah i, th well, I don't I think know. he ever sleeps anyway no. or maybe that is his those are his pajamas they're super tight <laughs> black buttoned up <laughs> he's yeah. never relaxed Fuck that you. sounds right yeah yeah he has to be creepy all the time. He's so. on. So uh, at this point, he hauls Harry down to his office. I did kind of like a spiral staircase shot. That was kind of cool. Yeah, I like how he, you know, aggressively pulls him down, you know, by the arm or whatever. We have no yeah, regard like, for Harry's trauma ever. No, no, he is a meat sack. That is he's, all. He's yeah. definitely a meat sack. But he's dragged down to the office uh, where. At this point, Snape explains to him that there seems to be a connection between him and the Dark Lord in their minds, and he wants to make sure that the that connection is closed um, because uh, Lord Voldemort could technically get into his brain and like mess with him and mentally torture him. The thing that I thought was funny about this scene that I don't think I've noticed before: Snape rolls out like a tool a tool pocket. 
Thank two- you. Yeah. Th- like, is this the Frankenstein shit he was up to in the middle of the night? What the fuck is that? <laughs> and that's so misleading. He whips it out and yeah. then he pulls out a wand. I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like number one, you would already have a wand handy. Um, number two, don't think it'd be in that thing. Uh, number three, why the whole thing of, like, I feel like it was just intimidation. Like, here's what we're going to do tonight. <laughs> All these tools and knives and scalpels and shit. And he's like, wand. It's a dick move, I think. Maybe that's all it was, just intimidation. Yeah. And and is he not basically doing the same thing that Voldemort would be doing to him? 100%. Getting into his mind and controlling it. Yeah. That's basically what Snape is attempting to do. Yeah. Okay. He is. Uh, He's like giving him a sample. Like, this is how bad it could be. Let's go. Um, The thing that was a little odd to me, our final moment of this scene is he says legilimens and gets into Harry's thoughts and kind of has like a preview. Basically, I said, this is just a reel of things we've already seen before in this movie. Thank you. We're just doing like a flashback kind of reel of it. Um, Harry has a physical reaction. He slams back as he does legilimens. It's like, I don't think it's well he has physical reactions in the book as well he falls over he hurts himself or he often he like continually wakes up on the floor that is true okay but that's because he's trying to fight it that didn't bother me quite so much as like not a good enough reason to use the word penetrate and we're done (laughs) (laughs) what's the rating on this podcast Oh, explicit. <laughs> this is definitely <laughs> okay. not for children. Okay, so to penetrate his mind, is that what you're going for? Yes. Also, I was just going to say, like, thank God someone is finally explaining something to Harry. Like, this is what's going on. But nope, he goes, I will attempt to penetrate your mind. You will attempt to stop me. No explanation of how. Yeah. <laughs> just like, look, here we go. <laughs> yeah, good luck. It'd be like teaching a martial arts class and saying, all right, you got to block this move. Are you going to show me how? Nah. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. just going to punch you in the face until you figure <laughs> yeah. out how to make me stop. Yeah. This is your first day. I'm a black belt. Stop me. Go yeah. ahead. Seems seems wrong. Anyway, so that's the end of this scene. Then we do our favorite. We love it. Our swoop out scene is what we call it. We swoop outside swoop of the castle. Swoop outside. Swoop outside. Yeah. Love it. All right. Well, that was the chunk for this week. I have a couple questions for you both. And Brian, as our guest, you can go first. So the question, okay. first question, what would you pin on yourself and keep like an inquisitorial squad badge? Aw. It's a dumb one. I know. But what would you I keep from an, this chunk? What did you like? I want an inquisitorial <laughs> squad badge. Okay. I'm going to see if I can buy one. I love the lighting in the, the, the room, the whatever that room's called again. I the room of requirement? Yeah. I love the lighting in there. How it's all kind of blue and the the gla- you know all the glass is kind of frosted. The mm-hmm. mirror looks really old, you yeah. know, you know, and of course all the, you know, when they do all the magic stuff is, yeah. you know, you can actually see the like the glitter line. You know, it, it looks like glitter flying around. And well, I even like the, the Levy Corpus. It kind of looked like he was floating on something. Yeah. That was kind yeah. of cool. Yeah, yeah, I thought I thought it was really neat. Yeah, nice. I like that stuff. All right, Corey, what would you <laughs> pin on yourself and keep? Uh, I'm going to keep Rupert and Bonnie reacting in those moments, uh, those little moments that they're they're being proper actors. It's like we said earlier in the season that the kids are finally like, they're not just reciting lines and being put in costumes and the right places. 
and following directions. They're actually making acting choices. And I think that that's cool. I like it. Yeah. I'm going to go with something really petty and small. I like how sweaty Harry is after that nightmare. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sometimes people have like a, like a severe nightmare and they just like totally composed. He looks like shit. He looks like he went through it in his dream. That's definitely fair. Makes me happy. Okay, Brian. So what would you reducto and turn into ash and get rid of from this chunk? (laughs) (laughs) Well, like we were talking off mic about how they, it seems like they use the same three or four spells to do all this weird shit that (laughs) and nothing has any kind of um um consistency consistency yeah 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 Yeah. that's what i I don't like about this because it's hard to follow then and go oh yeah i know what that spell does yeah and and, um, maybe that's what has led me to you know watch the first couple and then kind of drift off in the end Mm. because i just got confused We'll go back and read the books. Just try not to fall asleep. Uh, um, <laughs> great. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. All right, Corey, what would you reducto and get rid of? Uh, I'm getting rid of the neck twitches during the dream. And even after the dream, when he's doing that mm. in his office, you can't see this is not a visual medium, but you could, that was a brilliant impression <laughs> of what Daniel does. Yeah. Um, we have referenced it. I, I said it like really early on. I said, this is the Harry Potter in the movie of neck pain. He twitches yeah. his neck a lot in this movie. And, it's right. kind of, you know, alluding to the end when he is possessed uh, in the battle at the ministry. I get it, but he's not possessed in this moment. So why is he doing this uh, thriller moment with his head? Like, what's happening? <laughs> Anyone who doesn't get that reference, I, you just show yourself out. Thank you. You're too young. You're way too young for this podcast. <laughs> yes, <all right>. Definitely. <laughs> What about you? What are you going to reducto? I bet I know. Oh, the pus. The pus. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why am I even checking my notes? Yeah, it's the fucking pus. It's the fucking, I don't need it. I don't need that visual. I didn't say it didn't even splatter this, the camera lens. I don't care. I don't want to see things schmoosh out of somebody's face. That doesn't, I'm not a pimple popper person. I don't find that stuff cute. I think it's great. Oh, no Dr. Yeah. Pimple Popper for you. Yeah, I, I don't no. watch that show either. No way. Nope. I am. Nope. I'm so good. Yeah. Wow. Okay. HP Movie Minutes comes out against Dr. Pimple Popper. Here's the <laughs> uh, online drama that we've been waiting for for a year and a half. So do you, uh, there's something a little bit different happening this yes. week. Um, I had kind of a busy week. And so Andrea has uh, agreed to supply the puke this week, the probably unanswerable question. And I'm a little nervous because... I like to be in control. <laughs> the, okay. What hit me with it? What do you got? And it's not even like a really crazy hard one. It was just something that I kind of wondered because again, I, I maybe touched on it in this podcast, but we completely skipped the hospital in this movie, which is kind mm-hmm. of a bummer because it, there's a whole, I think, chapter dedicated to it in the book where you get to learn about the entrance into getting into St. Mungo's and the different floors and the different departments that they handle and stuff. And so I was like, you're bummed that you miss out on that. But then I had a weird question that I wanted to pose. Do you think witches and wizards really mess with muggle remedies? Um, to some extent. I mean, we see it in this book. Yeah, but we see um, Molly's reaction to it. Exactly. Um, we know that spells for first aid are a little more difficult. Um, when Tonks finds Harry on the train 
she says something about, you know, I, I can heal your nose uh, or I can fix your nose. Um, but I guess even Luna does it. So maybe they're not as complicated as I'm as I'm uh, pretending that they are, because Luna, what does she Does she fix his nose too? She fixes his nose in the movies. In the movies. Right. OK, that right. Because she finds him. Uh, Tonks mm -hmm. doesn't. Sorry. Um, and so she, she's a fifth year at that point and she's uh, fixing a broken nose and she says she has some line about uh, mostly toes. Uh, I've done this yeah. before, mostly with toes, because she runs around the before? forest without shoes on. I'm not going back to that. <laughs> you um, think that's why she knows? Okay. Yeah, I would say that's why she knows. I'm going to say probably not. They have their own potions for like uh, for a cough or for a cold. Um, and we know that Madame Pomfrey is a badass when it comes to healing wounds or cuts or whatever. Um, I don't know. I'm, my thoughts are no. What do you think? So here's what's interesting that I, this is why I kind of got into it. I'm like, huh, like why, why would they? Cause then if you think about it, like say like a really futuristic alien civilization comes down and we hand them an iPhone, they'll be like, okay, well, this is shit. Like <laughs> compared to our technology, why would we mess with something that's so rudimentary? So kind of like, kind of, they actually kind of really don't actually. So I did a, a tiny bit of research, just the tiniest bit. Cause I'm not, I'm not. I'm not as good as you. I'll just. I'll I'm not a, now. You're not. No. Let's just say it how it is. You're not a loser. <laughs> ah, I wouldn't be doing this podcast if I wasn't. So um, I did look into it, and actually, the author had a note about it um, that she, who must not be named, wrote. She said, "I decided that, broadly speaking, wizards would have the power to correct or override mundane nature injuries, but not magical nature." Therefore, a wizard could catch anything a muggle might catch, but they could cure all of it. They would also probably comfortably survive a scorpion sting that might kill a muggle, whereas he might die if bitten by a venomous tentacula. Similarly, bones broken in a non-magical accident, such as falls or fistfights, can be mended by magic, but the consequences of curses or backfiring magic could be serious, permanent, or life-threatening. Thus, it can be seen that while wizards have an enviable head start over the rest of us in dealing with the flu and all manner of serious injuries, they have to deal with problems that the rest of us never face. Interesting. So it's interesting. It's like they wouldn't, because she's saying like they're facing things that we would never face in the muggle world. So that could actually hurt them. Like I was even <laughs> double checking the um, definition of malady. It's an incurable illness. That's why St. Mungo's exists. Not, not mm. for things that they just can't fix or not just for things that they can fix on a daily basis. It's for things that have no cure, like uh, wolf werewolf bite or spell damage. Yeah, which is, I mean, what we're supposed to get here uh, is a scene, well, several scenes. We see Neville with his parents. We run mm -hmm. into Gilderoy Lockhart. Um, all three of them uh, have significant spell damage. Uh, we're cursed or jinxed into madness mm -hmm. oh sad yeah. they wouldn't really need to mess with like muggle remedies because if they're already in saint mungo's it's bad enough that they're not going to have a cure I'm like that's just my interesting little dive into huh with the two worlds mix and the answer is not really like i said like why would aliens want to come down i almost went down a path of would wizards and witches work for like muggle hospitals because they have better healing property like stuff mm. that we do could like think of twilight have Edward Cullen's dad was a doctor because he doesn't need to sleep 
and <laughs> he's got all the energy. I almost went down that path. I'm like, nah, let's pull back, pull back, pull back, pull back. <laughs> that's that's too. Oh, that's see, and that's where nerdy. I lean in. <laughs> you have the good sense to step back, and I'm like, what if? <laughs> anyway, so that was just our fun little weird theory segment of the week. Brian, it was so good to have you. Where can people find you? I do a, a minute use by minute podcast. I do a Top Gun, the original from 1986. Yes. Uh, yeah, you can find me at Top Gun Minute on any of your podcatchers. Wherever you found this podcast, you could probably find mine. So, yeah, and I have a Top Gun Minute listener school on Facebook. <laughs> and and uh, Top Gun Minute pod on Twitter. Beautiful. Right. Nice. Well, thanks again for joining us. Uh, no problem. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure that you go out and you follow Brian everywhere. And you follow us on Instagram. On We don't have Twitter. I almost said Twitter. On Instagram, <laughs> on TikTok, on the YouTube. Most importantly is Instagram. You're going to get all of our breakdowns so that you can watch along with us and complain along with us. And until next time, love you. See you. Bye. Okay. See you. Bye. Bye. And I'm not, you keep <laughs> acting like I'm so racist against accents. It's not that. It's if you have an accent and, and you also mumble, Seamus. And if you have an accent and you also whisper, Cho, I'm sorry, you need to enunciate. I think you just don't like Irish people. <laughs> <laughs> that does make sense. You know, fuck them. I am Irish. Okay. Oh my yeah. God, the self-loathing. Oh, this is full circle. Wait, we need, let's just, okay, let's forget the rest of the scene. We're going to have a therapy session and we're going to talk about... <laughs> <laughs> up. I quit. I quit this podcast. I refuse to be. Do you really think it's self-loathing? <laughs> Do you think it's because of my accent on this podcast where I say nag and stuff? You think Let's it's talk really... about your childhood. <laughs> or let's move on. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Yeah.